hosted by me, Steve Parker. This is a series that aims to bring a fresh perspective to leadership, to bring you motivation and teach you how to succeed by talking to a diverse range of CEOs, business managers, and world-class talent. We also offer some personal tips to help you in your career. Each episode aims to provide a snapshot into the life and philosophy of some of Taiwan's most successful leaders and to find out more about why leadership matters. Today we are talking to Justin Chin, who is the company president for AstraZeneca. We started by talking about, before we came on air today, we talked a little bit about AstraZeneca and, um, and the kind of the, the unique position that you're in the world right now. You're the, the leading company producing the vaccines around the world. You've done a lot of good early work on this. Normally we don't really get into kind of political and news issues, but I think for your leadership and this particular program, I think it's interesting to see if this place that you found yourself in, in this kind of the world pandemic, has, has affected in any way the way that you, as a leader, have to deal with your company, the public, news, and the products that you deal with. Yeah, thank you very much, Steve. Uh, like you said, this is a very unique uh, position, and of course, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. As an employee of AstraZeneca, I think we were all amazed and really proud that you know AstraZeneca made this decision to go into partnership with Oxford University to manufacture the COVID vaccine at no profit during the, during the pandemic. And I think our team who actually supported vaccine access uh, to Taiwan has also worked tirelessly day in, day out. And I think through this, they have found their purpose and calling in what they do. And indeed, you know, we believe that we are actually delivering more than a vaccine. We are protecting the world and we are making sure that, you know, Taiwan is safe from the pandemic. And I think at the bottom of the day, it really gives us a lot of meaning uh, and purpose in our work um, and really, you know, showing up with our values, which are doing the right thing, putting patients first and uh, being entrepreneurial. Doing the right thing is something I think that is becoming more and more important to people in, in the workplace. It's not just about getting a salary, doing something. Has leadership changed in the way that you have to direct people towards this kind of you know, concept of they want to do the right thing or you have to push them to do the right thing? Or how do you get this vision to work throughout a company? I think... Yeah, the, the the greatest challenge about, you know, leadership, I think, is really about engaging everyone and make sure that making sure that everyone's on board, right, uh, with a particular mission. And, and, and along that, along those lines, I think it's important to really, you know, ask people, right, what they think um, and, you know, is best uh, in a certain situation, uh, ask people if it's aligned with our values and really, you know, get feedback on how they are adjusting emotionally, you know, to uh, to a certain course of uh, direction that we're taking. So, so I think really, you know, getting people to speak up is a you know very simple and yet effective way to to engage, you know, everyone and bring everyone on board, uh, you know, to make sure that you know, as as a team that's um, doing something, we we are not you know, steering or going too far away from uh, our values and what we believe in. So the idea of, I, I really support this idea of allowing people to speak up and having an opportunity. From a practical point of view, how do you create an environment or opportunities to allow people to speak up? Especially, let's put this in the Asian context. We don't want to get kind of stereotypical about it. But, you know, 
we are in Asia. There are different ways that people are used to traditionally dealing with leadership and with their bosses and, and vice versa. How do you create this environment where people are, are, are able and free to speak up? Right. I think, um, you know, honestly, my style has actually evolved over time and I've been given feedback from very uh, concerned and, uh, you know, uh, caring peers, I, I, I believe. And so, you know, I, I think what's important is really to make people feel at ease and uh, respectful, you know, that their views are being heard. I think that's, you know, the, the prerequisite. And um, I think for me, the second thing is really to allow the team to voice their ideas first um, and the leader should always speak last. So actually that's, that's uh, a feedback that I've taken quite seriously. Um, in the past, I used to jump in and, say, and, and give directions on you know, what we should do next and you know, how we should go about solving a problem. But often you know, that really is a way of um, shutting people up and uh, really not getting the best you know, from what they can offer. And I think that you know, having an environment where everyone can pitch in their ideas and you know, uh, tell and share with the group how they feel about you know, a certain problem or issue and, and, and what they think uh, you know, the, the, the future path should look like. I think that's, that's a great way uh, you know, to bring more diverse ideas and possibly you know, ideas that uh, I haven't thought about uh, to the table. And um, you know, very often so than not, I think you know, it actually leads to greater level of uh, ownership and engagement and motivation you know, as we actually uh, go about and execute the plan. How, how do you go about building? I, I imagine a meeting of yours would have to start with some kind of problem or a premise, right? There's got to be a thing to solve to have a meeting. You can't just get together and just have a meeting for no purpose. How, do you set that or do you allow your people to set that? How do you build this kind of consensus of direction before you get the feedback? I think, you know, um, yeah, I think the key is really to, you know, really um, try to create an atmosphere of informality and perhaps, you know, even fun, you know, at work and, you know, to look at, you know, issues in a creative and, you know, different way as, as, as much as possible. But of course, you know, uh, when push comes to shove and there are, you know, issues we need to talk about, I think it is the role of the leader to, you know, set the agenda, um, you know, the goal. Uh, and, and, you know, the time limit, right, where we have to solve a certain problem and then, you know, uh, encourage, uh, you know, different perspectives, um, you know, on, on, on the why, how, what of the issue and, and then to try to, um, you know, facilitate uh, discussions and explore different possibilities and options. Uh, and, and then, you know, when everything has come out on the table, I think then, you know, we can test out, uh, you know, ideas on how to move forward, right? So I think um, in a way, um, I've moved from, you know, being a leader who has been very directive to one who is um, perhaps more facilitative um, and one who, uh, rather than give orders, perhaps ask questions, you know, in order to guide the decision and discussion along, right? Um, and, and eventually, I think, uh, you know, we, we will uh, emerge with, uh, you know, with, with, with a stronger plan. So I think you, you've mentioned before in conversations that we've had about this idea, you, you've brought it up that it's, it is more difficult uh, in certain Asian cultures to buy into this idea of speaking up. 
we haven't traditionally been rewarded for speaking up, perhaps. Um, how do you, I mean, are there practical things? I know that you kind of do these things like town halls or you kind of get your staff together in, in situations outside of a problem-solving meeting. You, you do a lot of these kind of, I don't want to say team, team building, but they're really kind of, you know, open and expressive sort of activities. Are these, is this something that you've actively decided that you want to get to build this culture? Yeah, I think, um, yes, I think that's something that is quite deliberate. And, um, for example, with my, you know, uh, immediate, uh, you know, leadership team, I think every year, you know, we, we do, uh, you know, go for an offsite, um, you know, it's a time where we can eat together and perhaps, you know, uh, go to karaoke together. But I think beyond that, right, um, you know, we also get a coach to actually, you know, facilitate team learning, you know, to understand what are our uh, preferences in terms of, uh, you know, how we analyze situations, how we process problems, and how we actually come up with solutions, right? So I think by, by doing that, you know, it actually helps uh, everyone understand uh, and appreciate, you know, our differences and how we may need to adapt to each other's uh, communication styles, right? So, so it's really, you know, learning um, together and really understanding ourselves, you know, in, in a group setting. And I think um, I've done it, you know, at least in Taiwan for about three years in a row. I think, um, you know, last year we actually got to a point where, you know, we were all given a blank sheet of paper and uh, we were able to welcome, uh, you know, our, you know, team members' uh, feedback, right? Whether it's strengths or, you know, uh, things we should stop doing or, you know, things that we need to get better at. I think uh, it, it really... Um, you know, is, is really very valuable. And of course, you know, to get to the point where people are comfortable with sharing with each other is a process that takes time. Um, and, and, and um, you know, it, it's really about um, having that, trying to, um, I think, uh, you know, generate that kind of, um, you know, atmosphere at work uh, as well, right? That, that actually yeah. makes for better um, problem solving together. This idea of a blank sheet in front of someone where they can just write down anything that they think, uh, that might, that's got to be pretty scary for some people. I mean, you're, you're in an environment where the people who know you best in some ways, you work with people every single day. They see you tired. They see you unable to cope. They see you at your best, but they also see you at your worst. It's a, it's a fairly brave move, I think. Yes, I think it's... Um well, I think in the beginning, or at least, you know, in the first year we've done it, I think we have given each other uh, perhaps, you know, um, not the most, um, you know, I would say, you know, the feedback is honest, but it's something that is doable, right? And I think that's something that everybody may be able to see, but, you know, accept, uh, you know, yourself, right? So, so for example, uh, the feedback that I've been given is to, praise more, right? And really, you know, when we have discussions or have reviews, you know, I do try to uh, make it a point, right, to 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 give more praise. Um, and in fact, um, you know, and I, then I subsequently got feedback that, hey, you need to sort of like stay longer with the praise, uh, with what you're, you know, with why you think it's good uh, and state a specific reason. And um, 
yeah, and, and I think um, again, I think I took it to heart and and tried to you know be more in depth about you know my praise. And I think over time, when people see that you are able to you know accept feedback, I think um, you know everyone will be more forthcoming, um, you know, with with suggestions and 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 feedback. Um, in fact, we actually call it feed forward now, right? It's nice. not about you know. Um, uh, criticizing what you have done in the past, but, you know, helping you be better in, in, in the future. I like that. Uh, you've given me a couple of great phrases that I'm going to adopt myself. One of these is uh, leaders should speak last, and the other one I'm going to take is feed forward now. I think this is a really nice idea. Feedback does sound somewhat negative, right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I know that for you, you've actually, uh, I mean, you've won a number of awards, um, both AstraZeneca and yourself personally. I, I mean, the awards themselves, uh, are interesting, but how how important do you think this process is of going through something, preparing for something, and actually reviewing what you've done to see whether you're actually kind of you know able to achieve the standards of something like that? What what is the reason for you to get involved in these kinds of activities? I think you know when we when we started out, we really didn't set out you know to to you know to win awards, but really you know um, we wanted to you know introduce and perhaps you know evolve you know the culture you know in the company. So you know we actually have um, uh, communities, right? We call them communities uh, each year, um, and uh, over uh, the three years um, you know in Taiwan, we've actually you know had communities that try to promote innovation, right, um, whether it's really about, you know, uh, innovation for patients or improving our processes at work. I think that's one aspect that we, you know, we, we've actually uh, tried to put some focus on. The second one is really around sustainability, right? So it's really about, you know, um, what can we do to actually uh, protect the environment, you know, and um, also whether it's through our individual actions or through company actions, right? Um, and and the third one is is really about you know um, how do we get uh, AstraZeneca to be a, a great place to work? I think it's it's you know it's a mix of ground up because we do have uh, you know management team sponsors to try to you know guide the process and you know actually yeah, the ideas that uh, the teams come up with are. Uh, are actually, you know, uh, too many to do in a year. <laughs> so actually, you know, the sponsors have the, you know, uh, have have also to actually, you know, narrow down to a few that that we can actually do, right? So I think, and we treat this very seriously because we do have, uh, you know, we do get the teams to come to, you know, our management team to present, you know, um, their plans, and then, you know, uh, there's a process of. Um, you know, how we could actually refine the idea and, and how we could actually execute it, right? So I think it's a great way to uh, evolve the culture and, um, you know, paying as much attention to the softer aspects um, as well as, um, you know, to the more, you know, bread and butter, um, you know, bricks and mortar, black and white aspects of, of running a business. This is an interesting thing because uh, you, you have mentioned in the past to me before that uh, one of the things you like to do is to, build a diverse and inclusive culture, which I totally support. I get that. But at the same time, you need to employ people who kind of fit into an overall culture. These things feel like they're at odds with each other, but somehow as a leader, you've got to mesh these together and create a cohesive company or a workplace and yet allow for this uh, diverse range of thought. 
<laughs> you know, how, how, how can you manage and marry these two things? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really great question, right? I think in terms of, um, you know, perhaps um, the school background, you know, what you majored in university or whether you've come from, you know, um, the same industry or whether you have, you know, had relevant experience in the in a similar disease area. I think those are the, uh, you know, diversity variables that, you know, we look at. So we don't necessarily... Um, you know, exclude people because they come from uh, perhaps, you know, uh, the uh, fast-moving consumer goods industry or, you know, perhaps uh, someone who has been in the airline industry, right? But what we look for are, you know, um, those who actually have, you know, behaviors that are aligned with our values. Like, you know, do they actually, um, you know, have a winning mindset? You know, do they really, um, you know, believe in doing the right thing? Um, and, you know, are they also able to show, you know, entrepreneurial traits, you know, because I think that's something that we value in terms of being agile. So I think um, it, it's really um, behaviors, you know, that actually, um, you know, show that there could be a good culture fit, right? Um, and, and, uh, and, and of course, you know, we actually encourage um, diversity, um, you know, in, in many ways too. So I think uh, you know you're going to get a lot of uh, CVs coming in now from the airline industry and from FMCG, just to test your theory. Sure, yeah. <laughs> you, um, is, but I, I guess that there are a couple of learnings from me which I got. One of the things I get out of you is I get this optimism. There's a very clear optimism from you that comes through. You're very positive about your staff. Um, I know that AstraZeneca has been involved in giving care packs to their staff and these kinds of things which have been really so demonstrative of not – just a company that cares but a leader that cares you talked about this kind of non-profit approach to certain things where it's important um, do the right thing and I think that as a vision um, for both a leader and a company I think is something that's very important I think people need to take that away I, I really love your idea of the leader speaks last I think that is so important uh, for, for any number of reasons one mainly giving people an opportunity as you've said but also if the leader speaks last, it gives you an opportunity to absorb and to learn and to kind of read the room and to see where you need to take something. So I think it's strategically, it's also, I think, a very, very, very good idea. Um, and you've also given me a new phrase, which I'm already going to adopt into my own leadership, which is this idea of feed forward and not feed backwards. Sometimes the words affect the way we feel about it. So I love this idea that you've brought forward, you know, feed forward. Justin, is, is there anything else that you'd just kind of like to offer as a last word to people before we, uh, before we hang up today? No, I think, um, you know, I, I do believe that, you know, COVID has actually, you know, questioned, uh, made us question about, you know, our purpose and, and why we go to work every day. So I think, you know, it's more important than ever, right, to actually instill a sense of uh, purpose in, in, in the organizations that we lead and to make it meaningful and relevant, uh, you know, to to the society at large. And I think, you know, that's, that's, that's really going to be, you know, the way that's, um, you know, that, that we're going to lead post-COVID. Justin Tin, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. You can catch us at the same time next month on ICRT, the last Monday of the month in the morning show. And, of course, you can listen to this podcast on the ICRT website, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Stephen Parker.